What's up, guys? Locked on Irish Podcast. Coming your way. Tuesday edition. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Pumped to be back with you guys. Hopefully everybody's back to work. It's early morning Tuesday right here where I'm at. Uh, you can't get away with Tuesday. You can get away with Monday. Should be a national holiday after the Super Bowl. Hopefully everybody's feeling better. Hopefully the the, uh, the drowsies or the hangover didn't last too long. But we're back at it, as always, here for you. Like I said, you gotta you got to be back today. Yesterday, you can get away with it's kind of that wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm not coming in. Oh, I'm so sick. But you got to be back to work by today. Big show today. A lot of Irish content. Uh, Going to talk uh, Pitt up next. I think I said Clemson yesterday, but it's actually Pitt up next tomorrow. Tip-off is at 6.30. Uh, we're going to be going Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. So, again, five days. Your number one daily podcast for Notre Dame Athletics, football, basketball. Uh, so that's how the show is going to be going this week. Make sure you're following us at Locked On Irish on Twitter, at Locked On Irish on Facebook, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We are everywhere. You don't, you don't want to get your Irish content from anywhere else, I can assure you. We're the best. We're the best. And if there is somebody better, we're better, I promise. Um, so the Irish will get back at it tomorrow night against Pitt, not Clemson. Clemson is this weekend. It is Sunday at 6. Pitt game is tomorrow at 6.30. ACC Network. Not an ACC Network extra, but ACC Network. Uh, we'll do a top 25 whip around here in just a little bit. I'm going to talk about uh, National Signing Day is tomorrow as well. I don't really see much out there for the Irish um, as far as picking up anything extra. After the dismissal of Landon Bartleson, I really did think we might pursue something. But after the early signing period, there's really just not much else out there. Right now, according to 247, our class has dropped down to 16th. I mean, 247 takes the composite of all these guys' rankings. Uh, I would like to have been a little higher. Um, I know a lot of our guys that we had a lot of faith in, Tyree, um, pretty much everybody dropped in ranking after these all-star games and various things like that and the final rankings came in. You know, I'm not worried about it. We still got the same guys. Um, Mayor's going to be a beast at tight end, got his fifth star. Um, I'm not concerned. Not concerned about this class. I think this class is better. It'll turn out to look better uh, in the future than what we have uh, or how it's ranking out now. But looking at the you know, top 100 players in the country, there's not many that haven't signed. You got Zach Evans. I think it looks like he's going to be at Georgia, uh, running back out of Texas. I'm looking through the top 100 right now. You got Avante Williams, safety out of Florida. Looks like he's 100% committed to Florida, according to 247's Crystal Ball. Uh, da, da, da. I'm going through the top 100 right now. You got McKinley Jackson, D-tackle. Looks like he's going to be going to Bama. Alfred Collins out of Texas. Looks like he's going to go to Texas. Uh, and that's it. For your top 100 guys, That that's pretty much it. Like I said, I think I like to have seen another secondary guy. Maybe us to try to pursue, but I don't know who else is out there. And you're not just trying to give away scholarships at this point. And going through the 100 uh, guys ranked 100 through 150, everybody's pretty well signed during the early signing day period. And just goes to speak to how the luster's kind of been knocked off of actual national signing day instead of, you know, the real national signing day or February 5th or whatever you want to call it. First Wednesday in February. Let's just start calling it that. That's about as meaningful as it, as it is at this point. But so let's move on from the 2020 class. Let's talk about the 2021 class a little bit. Uh, Irish pick up a new commit, Justin Walters. He is out of Bowlingsbrook, Illinois. Safety, three-star guy. 
So he's probably not going to like completely blow you away with like his offers, his size, things like that. Um, but I will say this kid looks like a nice player. He's a hard hitter. He makes c- good contact, the kind of contact you just can't teach. Um, you know, I mean, our class is looking so nice right now. I'm, I'm looking, what are we, we're nationally ranked number three. Uh, Justin with the commitment yesterday, obviously the number one independent class of like independent teams. I mean, we're always going to out recruit those guys. And if we, the rest of the independents, and if we don't, that's a real problem. Uh, Justin was ranked 14th best player in the state of Illinois. He is a little lean at 6'2", 175. So he may not be able to contribute right away. Again, 2021, going into that season, it's a, it's a long way away. Um, and who knows? He This is the kind of guy with us being so far out. This is somebody who could definitely um, increase his star value. I mean, only a three-star right now. He's got a whole senior year to go. Uh, right now, he's got. Also, had offers from Colorado, Duke, Georgia Tech, Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan, Michigan State. Some of the notables here: Wisconsin, um, Kentucky. You know, right now, I'll tell you what that intrigues me. Anybody who can, Kentucky's on, I'm kind of on because they've stole some guys out of here in Ohio that I was really shocked by. And I think uh, Stoops is really building something down there. They've been really, really impressive with what they've done recruiting-wise and success on the field. And, you know, I thought that for sure after Benny Snell's class graduated that they were just going to kind of go away. But uh, it does not seem to be the case so far. So Justin Walters is the new commit to the 2021 class. I mean, all indications, too, are we're, we're going to get this Shipley kid, which I couldn't be more excited about. A lot of people are comparing him to Christian McCaffrey, which uh, that's not bad. Not a terrible thing. Um, to add with like Kane Barong, another tight end, just a stud tight end, Gabriel Rubio, big old defensive tackle, six, five and a half, two ninety. Woo. Then you got like Dion Colsey. This is the Buckner class. Lorenzo Styles from just down the road from here. Uh, Greg Crippen, an offensive guard who's out of IMG Academy. And I don't care about rankings or anything like that. If he starts at IMG and he's ranked at all, I'm in. That's a good, good freaking player. So this is going to be an exciting class. I can't wait to see how this staff rounds it out. So let's talk some hoops right after this. All right, guys, back at it. Locked on Irish podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So Pat Connaughton's going to be in the dunk contest. How about that? I mean, that boy's an athlete, man. You cannot go wrong with some Pat Connaughton in your life. The guy played baseball. I mean, this is the things he did for Notre Dame, and you know, one of the things that really sticks out in my mind is uh, how the block against Butler in the tournament might have saved the game. I mean, he's done some good things. I mean, him and Jerry and Grant have actually kind of under the radar really played well. I know Connaughton's averaging 4.9 points this year. He's almost 20 minutes a game. I mean, he's contributing to a very, very good Bucks team with Giannis. Uh, when he was in Portland, started five games. He's not necessarily getting the starts, but he's getting minutes. The guy's playing. He's he's able to hit the three ball from time to time. I mean, he's doing some good things out there. He's shooting almost 60% this year from the field, albeit in limited minutes, but I mean, played in 45 games. He's played in could you imagine if I'd have told you when he graduated, this guy would have played in 261 NBA games, not G League, but NBA games? That's impressive to me. That's really impressive. And and Pat's done a lot for the university and really just carried the torch in the NBA in a very, um, uh, what do I want to say, light uh, NBA area. I mean, 
we scatter the NFL with guys and have some guys in the MLB, but you know, it's very rare that we have some, you know, players in the NBA. Um, not to say Pat's a star or anything. I would love to see one of these guys like D Jackson or, uh, Jerry Grant, you know, be the star of a team, but it's nice to see somebody like Connaughton getting recognized for his athleticism, obviously, because he's obviously not getting this for being an all-star. Okay. Um, I mean, call a spade a spade here. I love the kid, and I'm glad he's doing well. He's holding on to a roster spot. I think his last contract's around, what, $3.5 million, something like that, over the next over the, this two-year contract. Uh, but his athleticism, I mean, that's that's tremendous. That To be able to be recognized as not a star player, but, man, you can ball, bro. You can jump out of the gym. I want you in this contest. Uh, dunk contest is February 15th. That'll likely be on TNT, am I not mistaken? I don't see it in front of me here. Uh, dunk contest, as well as all the other all-star festivities, will be in Chicago. Chicago. So, good luck to Pat Connaughton. I'm tuning in now. I want to see what's up. I wasn't before. I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I'm a Pacer fan, but I don't really follow the entirety of the NBA. Follow my team. I'll actually listen to them right here on Locked On, the Locked On Network, Locked On Pacers. Awesome show. Um, so yeah, I'm tuning in now. They've got my attention, if nothing else. Uh, so let's whip around the top 25. Uh, not a big bunch of upsets over the weekend. Uh, new to AP top 25 is out. Baylor one, Gonzaga two. And this is where it gets a little crazy because you got Kansas at three. You go to four, San Diego State. Dayton at six. Did you ever think you're going to see Gonzaga? Maybe Gonzaga, but SDSU and Dayton in your top 10. Um, and everybody's just bludgeoning each other. But this is one weekend where we held a little chalk. We held just a little bit of chalk this weekend. I know not much was played on um, Sunday obvious, for obvious reasons. The, um, uh, the Super Bowl was played on Sunday. A couple of ACC games were on, but uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, Xavier upset Seton Hall. Baylor held on. Uh, well, hold on. They ran past TCU. I read a 68-62. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going blind as I'm doing this show. Gonzaga struggled a little with a kind of an upstart San Francisco. Uh, Kansas escaped Texas Tech. Texas Tech's struggling a little bit after that run last year. I'll be interested to see what they have left in them. Uh, San Diego State tested, but, you know, passed the test, if you will, 80-68. Florida State. A very good athletic Florida State, one by 11 at Virginia Tech. Number six, Louisville, blew out NC State by 20. You know, when I look at that matchup and we've played both teams, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why, but when I look at Louisville, NC State, though we played close with both of them, I think the matchup, as was Vander Holyfield used to say, styles make a fight. Yeah, Louisville knocks them out of the park every time, as they did over the weekend. Uh, Dayton, number seven. Beat uh, Fordham 70-56. Creighton upset Nova. That's a good win for a good Creighton team. Creighton's strong. I tell you, this Big East is crazy. Between the Big East and the Big Ten, I don't know if there's conferences any deeper. Um, no team in the country is going to want to see San Diego State, Dayton, Gonzaga, a Big East team, or a Big Ten team in the tournament. The ACC's having, having a down year. Um, you know, Syracuse isn't all that strong. Duke isn't the typical Duke. Um, North Carolina's ooh, bad. So th this is going to be an interesting year, that's for sure. And like I said, those three outside mid-majors plus you have the uh, the Big East, I don't think anybody wants to see those guys in the tournament. When, hey, we won. All right, let's move on. Crap, we got a Big East team. Or crap, here comes San Diego State. Uh, round out the top 25. Uh, Stanford upset Oregon. 
Uh, West Virginia beat Kansas State. Auburn over Kentucky. See, I mean, even Kentucky's just not Kentucky right now. Wisconsin, one-point win over Michigan State to hand them their sixth loss of the season. Providence over Butler, a 12-10 and Providence. Colorado over U- uh, USC. Uh, Cincinnati upsets number 21, Houston. LSU over Ole Miss. Tulsa over Wichita State. Another ranked team goes down. And then Michigan... Beats a ranked ranked Rutgers, so that should have knocked. Let me look here. Did this knock Rutgers out of the top twenty-five? I do believe it did. Yes, they're in the also receiving votes. Ohio State did beat Indiana. I mean, the top twenty-five has been crazy. Um, outside, but the top ten, we didn't have anything. So everything stayed pretty much status quo. Um, everybody played pretty well outside of uh, Seton Hall. I don't know what happened there. I mean, again, the Big East, though, man, they are so deep. Big East is insane. It's like even DePaul. DePaul beat Butler, and you know DePaul beat Texas Tech. They beat Iowa, but they've only won one conference game. I mean, it it kind of doesn't make any sense. So I lied to you. I lied. I was wrong. So the top nine, uh, no losses in the top nine because Seton Hall was ten. I don't know why I was thinking that they were uh, number eleven, but they were number ten. And, okay, let me make sure I'm not lying to you anymore. Nope, we're good. Yeah, top nine as number 10 did go down. Again, Baylor, in my opinion, still looking like the best team in the country right now. Um, Neither team that we're about to talk about in just a bit. Notre Dame nor Pitt is ranked. So let's get to that preview right now. All right, back at some basketball. So who but who coming to town tomorrow night. But the Pitt Panthers, a Pitt team that the Irish seen once last year was a 56 to 53 game. Uh, you know, last regular season uh, game of the year. Uh, I, I I don't know. Everybody was just kind of. It's tough to read anything from last season. We were 13 and 17 at the time of this game. Mercifully, we just ended the season. No. It's tough. It's just tough. I'm trying to draw positives from that game, but it was kind of one of those ones where up at halftime by one, I think it was, and and we just, I don't know if we just ran out of gas or what happened. I mean, this is a game that just really seemed like we should have won and went into the tournament feeling good about ourselves because both teams finished the regular season at 13 and 18, um, and it was really like who could get the season over quicker. Um, but a lot of it came down to just the production of our bench. Um, the bench is against each other. We had one point from Jawan Durham off the bench, and they had uh, 26 points off the bench. Okay, there you go. Uh, Trey McGowan's went off on us. Uh, probably had one of his better games last season. Had 16 points off the bench. Um, really nobody else. You know, Xavier Johnson, 0 for 4 from 3, but had 10 points. Um, Jared Wilson frame had a nice game. He had 12 points. Um all of 12 of his points came from behind the arc. Just a sloppy played game. Now, Lashevsky had a really good game last year, um, 23 points, probably one of his best games last year. Played in 35 minutes. Uh, Mooney was definitely off. This was another terrible game from Mooney last year. Went 1 of 11 from the field, just gross from the field. Hub, you know, 3 of 9, kind of doing what he's doing right now, inconsistent at best. Dane actually got the start in this game, came away with 10 points. Did not hit a three-pointer. Uh, end of the day, it was just two teams trying to get their seasons over with, and Pitt just kind of wanted to just uh, 
just a little bit more, it seemed like. So, it, you know, we move on to this year. But before we move on to this year, real quick, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that Locked On Irish is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Notre Dame fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Notre Dame fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll give our team... We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And remember, Notre Dame is not just a local brand. We are a national brand. So if you're a national brand, you want to hop on with us, then, hey, there's Notre Dame fans all over the world. Not just world local, not just nationwide, worldwide. Hop in with us. We'd love to work with you. So let's talk about the game tomorrow. It is Pitt. We kind of talked about the game last year, and ugh, I, we had to relive it. But it's kind of what we do. So, you know, Pitt is a better team this year. They've shown improvement under Jeff Capel. Remember, Capel's the one that uh, the Duke the Duke fans kind of got in trouble for saying, come sit with us, and then uh, Coach K kind of went off on them. But, uh, yeah, so nice team. Uh, much better than they were at 14-8. and eight. Uh, you know, nothing really stands out about this team other than they're a little more athletic than we are. They're just coming off of a win on Super Sunday, 62-57 over Miami. They really had some things rolling, in my opinion. You know, they were sitting there at 13-6, looking like one of the better teams in the ACC. You know, maybe upper mid-tier, if you will. They got a win over Rutgers. You got a win over K-State. Um, so some nice out-of-conference wins. But they did lose, you know, they lose to Wake Forest. They've had a loss to Miami. They've lost to um, they've lost to Louisville. No, no, no shame there. But they've also lost to BC. Or no, they beat BC. I apologize. Um, I can't write. Apparently, they have a loss to Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. It's just very inconsistent. Doesn't that sound familiar? Very inconsistent. And just like last year when we both teams met and we both had um, we were both thirteen and eight, uh, thirteen and eighteen, exact matching records. This year we're going to meet up. At thirteen and eight, instead of thirteen and eighteen, where you're both thirteen and eight this year, uh, meeting each other. So it's going to be an interesting game. Matchups will be key in this game to just see what kind of rotations we run, how deep we can go on our bench. Do, does Njogu play? Does he not? Um, I mean, you got what seven guys on Pitt's bench, or seven guys that uh, that play over has played in over twenty games or at least participated. Uh, looks like they only go. I mean, they go about seven. They, you know, I'm looking here, as far as minutes, they've got eight guys averaging over 10 minutes a game. Uh, but uh, Kareem Koulibaly, he's only get he's only played and participated in 15 games. So it does look like predominantly they're going with basically seven guys every game. Uh, Trey McGowan's who to look out for, 12.7 points per game. Um, let's see here, Ryan Murphy, best three-point shooter on, on the team, 35%. You know, I've not seen a ton of this team, but what I have seen is they are athletic, but they're inconsistent. They 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 turn the ball over a lot more than we do. 
Still in the top 100 in the country as far as turnovers, but still, I mean, as few times as we turn the ball over, we should have a field day with this team as far as what we're able to do by taking care of the ball, but we need to take more chances like we talk about, but we talked about a million times. Take more chances inside, get fouled a little bit. Use the fact that they're going to have probably twice as many turnovers as us against them. Use that as comfort to try to get in there and try to make some more plays. They're not incredibly big. You know, Terrell Brown's their biggest player at 6'10". Uh, you know, I find I find Durham to be a way better player than Brown, in my opinion. He's played in 22 games. He's started five. Okay, that's fine. He only averages about five points a game. But when I look at this kid, I'm like, this kid, it, it's nothing special. It's nothing. He's nothing we haven't seen before, okay? This is not a team that's going to rely on a ton of size. They're going to rely on some ball movement. I mean, Capel is a guy that's absolutely going to try to ball movement you, try to out um, outwork you. Uh, I mean, the guy's long long time coach. He's been at VCU, been you know relatively successful. A few tournament appearances here and there. He was at Oklahoma, a decent coach. I mean, but at the end of the day, these are the kind of matchups that Bray has to win. He went up against Jeff Capel. You are Mike Bray. You're Mike Bray, man. The guy like Capel shouldn't be able to hold your jock strap, man. I mean, I, I mean, I know that Duke. He's a Duke disciple. He's a Shashevsky guy. I get all that, and he's got this team going in a decent direction. You know, when he took over there, they they were in trouble. They weren't a very good team. I mean, he took over a fourteen and nineteen. Uh, well, shoot, they were they were eight and twenty four under Stallings. Then they went 14 and 19 in Capel's first year. Um, and to turn their record around the way they have at 14 and 8 is, you know, it's nothing to sniff at for sure. Um, he's getting decent recruits. Last year he got a four star and two three stars in there. That's, you know, great. Uh, one of the better centers in the country. Fine. And that Koulibaly, well, you, you take it every single time. But this is not a game that's, that's outside of our comfort zone. We actually have a very progressive schedule happening right now. You know, we had Wake, a bad team. We had Georgia Tech, it's slightly better. Now we step up. We get Pitt, we get Clemson before that stretch of UVA, Duke, and then everybody's eyes are going to get big when NC comes to town. Even though NC's not as good as they've been, everybody's eyes are going to get big. They're 10 and 11, but it's NC. So there's that mental side we have to get past. And Bray's always been so good when it comes to the mental aspect of the game. So let's just see. Let's get on a run, and let's just try to figure this thing out. I mean... The way that college basketball is right now, the tournament is not out of the question right now. It's just not. We have the ability to do it. I mean, I've, I watch as much college basketball as I can. I don't always preview the po- opponent the best I can, or the, the best, and the best I can. I, I can do better. But, um, I you know, it's one of those things. I look around the country, and I'm like, okay, that team, that team. All right, we have better guys than these guys, than these guys. I get frustrated when I watch a lot of Big East basketball, and I see these you know, perceived second-tier schools, you know, second-tier in the sense of I find Notre Dame to be a better school and they have better athletes. It's very frustrating. However, I'm very, you know, it makes me a little more optimistic when I look at our guys compared to some other teams that are supposedly tournament teams. If we are a tournament team, we get this win tomorrow night, in my opinion. Hands down, we get this win. This team is not very tall. Like I said, the tallest guy on the team is 6'10", and he's not that good. It's Terrell Brown. He does fine, okay? Um, I would say Justin Champagne and Mooney will probably be against each other. 6'5 freshman. Um, uh, I, or 6'6 freshman, I apologize. Average about 11.5 points a game. 
He is a guard, though, kind of a stretch guard. The reason I say that is because Champagne gets all these all the rebounds. He leads the team in rebounds in 7.1. I don't know if you take that chance of putting putting Mooney on him. You know, a matchup I'd like to see with that right there. I want to see Lashevsky. I want to see more of Lashevsky. I want to see him given a little more of a leash as far as a starter. Like, start the guy. Let's just see what happens. Let's see if he plays better in that role as opposed to coming off the bench. I think there's a good possibility he could. And maybe he gets that kind of the nerves out and stops thinking so much. And you let him have a little bit of F-up room, as one might say, where it's not like, oh, I threw it kind of in like in football where the quarterback's always looking over his shoulder. Like, he threw the incompletion. He automatically looks to see if somebody's warming up. Why don't we give somebody like uh, Goodwin or Leshevsky that opportunity? In a game like this, it's 100% winnable. The talent's fine. Um, a team that turns the ball over at a, a lot higher rate than we do. Uh, we're going to be at home. We'll have the home crowd in our pocket. Um, and I think we win this game. I really do. I think we win this game. We have to keep Xavier Johnson in check. He's their uh, leading point guard, 5.2 assists a game. Uh, you know, he scores scores the ball well. You you can't deny that this guy scores the ball well, uh, 11.8 points per game. Uh, shoots about 38% from the field. Uh, the Champagne matchup is going to be interesting just from the perspective as he does shoot. He shoots with some uh, pretty high efficiency. Uh, him and Eric Hamilton both do. Uh, Hamilton, 6'9". Uh, 250. Now he might be a little more of a matchup nightmare, and if, as long as he's in there, I kind of uh, take a step back here, and I'd say Mooney will probably be against him just from a size perspective. Uh, I don't believe he shoots the three. Oh, how does he shoot the three ball? He's only had two attempts this year, so you're probably going to put Durham on him because he's not going to necessarily be a huge threat, or you put Lashevsky on him. He's not going to be a huge threat from outside, so you don't necessarily have to worry about that. Uh, that aspect of his game so you want to put Durham out there and then maybe use up Mooney on somewhere else where there's going to be more of an outside shooting threat so I think the Irish take this one give me Notre Dame tomorrow night tell you what we've been scoring well let's go with 78 72 it'll be closer than it should be how's that sound so that does it. Tuesday edition Lockdown Irish. We will be back on Thursday. Uh, hopefully we'll have the Hissum back on here. Um, make sure you're following us. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Tweet at the show. Give me crap about our crappy analysis sometimes. Because <laughs> I just have not seen a ton of pit. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I did as much as I could before the show and just kind of gave you what I had there. So at Lockdown Irish Twitter, Facebook, so we look forward to seeing you guys on Thursday and go Irish.